Hey guys, this is Kurt Cousins. You're listening to the Wild Takes Podcast. God bless. Going to Kaprizov for a chance to win it. He scores! Kirill, the thrill is for real. Brodziak ahead. Two on one with Niederreiter. He scores! Nito Niederreiter wins it for the Wild. Cut off by Mata. Throws it off front. for the wild penalty shot to tie the game oh, oh my what a shot Fiala Kaprizov scores the thrill breaks the seal and Minnesota wins in overtime you're listening to the wild takes podcast presented by 10,000 takes Welcome to the Wild Takes Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Wild Takes Podcast presented by 10,000 Takes, the podcast where we talk about the wild and we give our takes. I am Dev. With me, as always, is my devilishly attractive co-host, Zooch. Zooch, how the hell are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing great. Nice little tease into the guest we have later on there with the, with the yeah. week. Um, we're doing good over here, man. <laughs> for those who don't know basically every uh every week right before we start recording i ask zooch to pick a letter and that is how i describe how attractive he's looking today is a word that starts with that letter um sometimes i will be inspired and have a letter and have a word chosen ahead of times but on uh, weeks that i don't i just have zooch unknowingly pick how attractive he's feeling that day yep yeah hey man it's going up 10 times with this uh with this you know mullet we got going oh yeah yeah zooch uh <laughs> Get to show it off a little bit. Zooch <laughs> text the uh, the Wild Takes group chat like a week or two ago. And he goes, hey, boys, I think I'm going to get a mullet. What do you guys think? And so naturally, we're all gassing up our homie. So, you yeah. know, me and Marlo. Mullet mania time, baby. We're all just going, hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> hell yeah, thing. brother. We're all like, yeah. Oh, I'm not lying. Since, <laughs> since I've gotten this mullet, I have bought uh, or bought wow, I, I guess I've, my English has gone downhill since I've got the mullet one. Two, I have bought Pabst Blue Ribbon two times. So <laughs> I've gotten two 12 packs of those, and I, I, it's safe to say I found a new beer that I uh, enjoy drinking. Of course, there's Mick Golden, and I think I'm drinking that home hazy pale ale right now. But, I mean, yeah, we're all on board the mullets right now. So Yeah, the mullets are definitely making a comeback. Getting some, They uh, are. No, they are beautiful, filthy lettuce coming in. Hell yeah, man! <laughs> so we love Johnny well, Merrill, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that new that new shirt is awesome, dude. Oh, oh he's so good! What a beauty! I love Merrill. He is a what beauty. an absolute beauty. Let's get into it this week, and we're going to start the show with our stick taps of the week. Zooch, what is your stick tap this week? Fans may not like this, but it's oh, something that needs to be said. Paul Fenton, Jesus Christ, baby! I mean, uh. The Fiala trade, thing of beauty, absolutely undresses Granlin last night as we're recording this two nights ago or three nights ago. Oh, yeah. So this uh, this episode is going to drop quite a bit later than we record. As you're probably aware, you got a bonus episode on the feed on Monday morning with our special interview with uh, Chief from Barstool Chicago. Yes. If you haven't already listened, go check that out. Uh, we're teaming up with uh, the Barstool Chicago guys to help uh raise a lot of money for charity we're almost at uh almost at 30 grand already so keep it up and uh anyway go check out that episode if you haven't already anyway zooch back to uh back to your stick tap yeah yeah paul fenton i mean he he worked wonders with this fiala trade also had a few (laughs) downers you know nino but we won't say it everyone just 
hated on the Zuccarello signing. Everybody. There was not a positive comment about that signing. I don't think I saw. Well, any- okay. I I wouldn't say it was a positive comment because I think what I said was it's a, probably two years too long. But I actually did kind of like the signing. Oh, yeah. And Dev, me and you typically agree on a lot of things. And I did, too. When I saw we got Matt Zuccarello, I saw what he did in the second half. Not okay. Second half is bold because he got hurt right away. He had three like points four in games. Debut. Right, no, he had three points in his debut. Came back in the playoffs and was lights out for the, the the stars. So, yeah, I mean, I was like, okay, stays healthy. That's a good player. I didn't know he was going to pair with uh, with Kirill Kaprizov so beautifully. I mean, those two. It, it is it is just a wonder to see. It's their numbers they're putting up. They're not quite Drysaitel McDavid good, but those two are like just above what anyone could ever imagine Two line mates. I know they don't play on the line all the time, but you know what I mean? But not to me, the Zuccarello is, is your third best player right now in the Fiala is your second best player right now. Both were brought in by our old GM, Paul Fenton. So I think, and, and, and arguably your fourth best player is Paul Fenton draft pick, Matt Boldy, but that was, uh, that was not Paul Fenton. That was, um, no, was that the last, uh, Chuck Fletcher draft? You know what? It, it might have been Fenton, actually. Was it his second draft? Because his first one ever was. was that Philip Johansson. Yeah, game. yeah, it had to have been. Oh shit! It totally it was. Was it so? Absolutely- uh, <laughs> and hey, oh, uh, don't mistake me if I'm no Billy G brought in Hartman, right? Billy, Hartman Billy was, G signed Hartman. Yeah. Okay, so I, I was gonna throw Fenton another boat, but I'm okay. I'm not saying he deserves another shot at a GM somewhere. But I might be saying he deserves another shot to GM somewhere because he made some good moves here in Minnesota. Might have rubbed feathers the wrong way in the locker room. Doesn't really have that Billy G stranglehold on this locker room to where the guys just look at him and just believe everything he says and buy into everything. So maybe there's something to work on there with Paul Fenton. But let's not sit here and act like what he did to this roster is is something that's like minuscule because his handprint is on this roster and in, in a big way. So stick taps Paul Fenton. We still love Billy G. Billy G's the man. It's all about fucking winning. But Paul Fenton definitely had a handprint on this roster, and we uh, thank him for that. <laughs> yeah, no, we uh, we we definitely do. I also I did just look it up because uh, we were both wrong. Uh, Ryan Hartman was originally brought in as a uh, free agent under Paul Fenton on July first, twenty nineteen. Billy G signed him to the extension, uh, but Ryan, Ryan Hartman was <sighs> yeah, brought yeah. in on a two-year. I initially said Fenton contract. brought him in there. I, I, yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, four, uh, four of the top five players. <laughs> yeah, four of your top six. Brought there you go. In, brought in by Paul Fenton. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, I, um... <laughs> oh, God. I ain't, did we just fucking figure something out on the pot here? Shit. <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> I, I think I maybe maybe uh, owe Paul Fenton an apology because yeah, I no, Paul Fenton is punching air right now in his living room. If he's listening, no, he's not because oh, you know what's happening. <laughs> he is currently the assistant general manager, or uh, no, he's like a, I forget his exact title, but he's working in the uh, the front office of the Florida Panthers, and ah. he's doing yeah, he's doing all the he's doing everything that he wants to do. You know, I, I I actually disagree with you. I don't think that he had the temperament to be a GM, but I think that he is an awesome talent evaluator oh i mean it sounds like it <laughs> i mean yeah and well besides one trade we're not going to mention you all know what trade that was so <laughs> it wasn't martin hansel i'll tell you that much yeah, yeah it might yeah actually yeah you know it ain't the worst trade in franchise history so that's good yeah all right <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> your stick taps down. <laughs> My stick tap is apparently the only player in the top six that Paul Fenton didn't bring in. <laughs> and it's Kirill Kaprizov. Um, this uh, this episode, we originally were planning to drop on Kirill Kaprizov's 25th birthday. But, um, you know, when when opportunity strikes, you do that. And we didn't want to overwhelm your feeds with uh, episodes and back-to-back days. So we're spreading them out a little bit. And Kirill Kaprizov, he has done everything that he's done before he turned 25. That's un- unreal. He is the first 100-point player in Wild history. He's oh, he's shattered the points record. He's got the goals record. He's got the assist record. He's got the rookie goals record. He's got the rookie assist record, the rookie points record. Uh, although I will say Matt Boldy is only one assist shy of uh, Kirill Kaprizov's assist record. So keep an eye out on that for this season. Now, Kirill Kaprizov is already in contention for best wild player of all time. And he's been with the team for one shortened season and one full season. That's not over yet. And he's not even 25. Well, he's 25 now by the time that you're listening to this kids, unbelievable. So stick tops to you. Kirill Kaprizov, the sniper of Kuznetsov, uh, or that's not his town. That's another good hockey player though. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty good. Oh my God. Uh, honorary stick tap to Evgeny Kuznetsov for the most yeah, disgusting. The most disgusting. Oh my god! I meant to say Nova Kuznetsik, but uh, I do got to give an honorary stick tap to the most unbelievable, disrespectful shootout goal I've ever seen in my life. If you haven't seen it, Evgeny Kuznetsov goes for a shootout goal, and as he's skating up, he's slow balling it. He taps the puck up twirls his stick yep. and then dangles puck handles and gets the puck over the uh over the Leafs goalie the Capitals still end up losing so like it's kind of a kind of an awkward moment there but oh my god the disrespect that was shown yeah was that was unbelievable yeah I mean for god's sakes when have you ever seen something like that <laughs> not to mention that move how about that uh here's an honorary another honorary stick tap that kid that comes in on the goalie and stick to another honorary stick tap to this youth goalie that. Oh yeah, that was awesome. IQ to be like, yo, not a kid here can raise the puck, so I'm just gonna lay flat on the ice, and you know you got to raise it over me to score. So then you know naturally this five year old winds up ov clap bomb, and then does the fucking fire on the stick celebration after. I mean, God, what a great night of hockey that was the other night for just <laughs> everybody. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, uh, just unbelievable disrespect, I got to go to my cup clink Kyle <laughs> Schwarber, man, he did, he pulled a Ryan Hartman and cussed out somebody who everybody has thought needed a long, good cussing out where he absolutely let Angel Hernandez have it after Angel Hernandez calls one of the worst, like strike calls I've ever seen in my life where the, <sighs> the ball's like, I don't know, a good six, six and a half inches inside the strike zone. He calls it a strikeout. And Kyle Schwarber like throws his bat, he lost his mind, loses his absolute marbles, and it was so fun to see. And like it's one of those things too, where it's like, do you know how bad at your job you have to be when like Twitter as a whole is all rallying around one person? Like, do you know how much how much you have to suck for that? I mean, case in point, Evander Kane, Ryan Hartman, everybody's on Ryan Hartman's side. Same energy here. I don't even like Kyle Schwarber. I don't think, I think a lot of people don't care for Kyle. No, I, a lot of people he's, don't care for him, but he's unloading on Angel Hernandez and the entire Twitter sphere, uh, all of baseball, Twitter, all of, I don't know, his baseball Instagram, a thing. Everybody on social media is immediately 
rallying behind Kyle Schwarber, like, good. I'm glad somebody finally did it. So, well, I mean, for God's sakes, that's like for out oh, number two in the ninth inning. And yeah, it's tough. In a one, Josh Hader, Josh Hader is looking and like shaking his head, walking off the mound, like, okay, I guess I'll break, <laughs> like with the little side smirk. I mean, it, it really doesn't get better than that. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, before we, uh, before we, Head to our very special guest, Zooch. What is your uh, what's your cup clink this week? Uh, well, my cup clink is also on the baseball sphere. It is beans, rice, Jesus Christ, and Byron. Man, Byron Buxton, what an electric player! I mean, he hit that ball 470 feet on a walk off home run in 38 degree weather in the wind blowing all over. I mean, he's a monster. Lord, he is a monster, and he let everybody know it too. Uh, what a player. We've said it a thousand times. I hope he stays healthy for this entire season because I think that'll make the Twins just a little bit better to watch. And, uh, you know, Perea will heat up at some point too. So, yeah. you know, on the Twins bandwagon on this podcast. Got to keep it in the Minnesota sphere, right? <laughs> yeah, we're not homers at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, man. Well, uh, speaking of being homers, our next guest very special guest and we're going to actually have a little bit of discussion about you know what how he views the wild from a national standpoint versus how we see them as uh you know as totally completely unbiased absolute homers yep. uh so stick around after this quick break for our very special guest greg Wyshynski. Our next guest is a very special guest. You can read his work on the website of the Worldwide Leader in Sports, ESPN.com. You can see and hear his hockey and gambling takes on the television networks of the Worldwide Leader of Sports, ESPN. And you can listen to his other takes on a variety of other topics, ranging from top shelf to professional wrestling over at Puck Soup. Please welcome on the Puck Daddy himself, Devils fan, Greg Wyshynski. Greg, how the hell are you, man? Hello. I'm good. Uh, Yeah. I have podcasts. They're just not about hockey anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but uh, yeah, it's kind of awkward. Yeah, it's awkward, but here we are. <laughs> well, thanks for stopping by, man. It's uh, it's great to have you. Uh, I we were talking before the show that uh, you obviously have not been a very long time listener, but we have had a couple of debates about uh, some of your topics uh, and your 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 articles that you've written over at uh, at that website that uh, I mentioned a minute ago. Um, specifically there's one that you wrote at the beginning of the year about how the different goalie tandems, uh, stacked up across the league. Obviously the wilds is different from, uh, what it looked like at the beginning of the year. Obviously we see everything through the eyes of, you know, Minnesota wild fans, but you know, you're the devil's fan in the, uh, in the room and, and, you know, you cover the league as a whole. So like, how do you think, you know, what do you look at and you, what do you see with the, the wild tandem right now? Well, first off, as a Devils fan, I don't know why you should be even talking to me about goaltending this season. Uh, <laughs> other than I've seen so many of them. That yeah, maybe I, I was going to say, you've got, expert opinion. You've got the That's why you're the goalie out. expert right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, they shorted it up. Uh, I mean, look, they, they obviously, I think they traded the better goalie of the two. I mean, Ooh. I think that uh, Cogna is yeah. better than, than Talbot. But that being said, um, you know, Fleury's been great for them. Um, Flurry is clearly better than what they already had. And, and, you know, as I said in the, in the piece at the beginning of the season, and it's not really a, a mystery to any wild fan is that, you know, from a, uh, analytic standpoint, the wild have been one of the best defensive teams in the league. Um, but it's just not been reflected in their traditional goals against average stats. And it's a pretty easy through line to draw between what they're doing at five on five and what the goalies weren't doing at five on five. And, I remember having a, a conversation with Bill Guerin about this earlier 
this year and and laid that theory out of them. Like, you know, your team's really good defensively. It's just that your goaltending doesn't always hold up its end of the bargain. He was like, wait, 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 wait. You know, don't besmirch the good name of wild goaltending and what have you. And then, like, you know, dude trades trades from Mark Andre Fleury, so you know, chalk went up for Greg, I guess. But yeah, like, well, that, was, yep. that was that was his uh, his argument the whole season. No matter how bad it got, especially there was that stretch right leading up to the trade deadline where the goaltending was awful. Just yeah, mm-hmm. it and was. the whole time he was like, "Nah, it's not the goalie's fault." Yeah, and, and again, like, I mean, you know. Mark Andre Fleury becomes available. You, you got to trade for Mark Andre Fleury. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, necessarily, 100%. I, don't, I don't want to make it seem like that trade is his indictment of his own goaltending, but clearly it's a, a point of, of improvement and it's clearly a position that could be upgraded. And of all the moves that he could have made at the, at the deadline, that's the one he chose. So, um, so I mean, it's great though. I, it, when you look at this team and you think about the offensive output that they've had and the the steady increase in, in offensive effectiveness that they've had um, that was sort of, uh, you know, like hit hyperspeed once Kaprizov arrived. And then you think about how good they are defensively. Like the one part of the team that wasn't functioning as it should, um, and by as it should, I mean on a, you know, above average way was right. the goaltending. And now they shored that up and and they look great. I mean, what are they like? What is like Flurry is like eight and one, I think now with the Wild mm-hmm. as much as we do the show. So uh, it was a smart decision to do, but I, I forget where I had him in the tandem rankings, but I'm sure it was the right decision at the time because no, they, it, they weren't it, that good. Yeah, no, it was middle. It was definitely middle of the pack, maybe 18, 17. And that as a wild fan at the beginning of the season, I'm like, come on, look at the record. Look at how they're doing. But then you look at the trade deadline, they acquire, uh, you know, another elite goalie, with, you know, whatever they, whatever goalie they kept. And I don't think they've lost since maybe right. one game. So, I mean, that's where I kind of sat back and went, okay, well, he was right. I was wrong. It was like, it is what it is. I mean, I'm glad I was wrong because now you look at how, what they can do in the playoffs. And I feel like it, it kind of just catapulted them into the next level of contenders. I don't know how you view that, but I think it definitely did. Yeah. I I mean, sure. Uh, I mean, I I think they were already (laughs) sort of there. I mean, no, no, no. I, I say that because like, I, again, like, at, at the end of the day, when you go to the playoffs and you had the goaltending that they had, you assume that at some point it's going to cost you a series. But, you know, from a fundamental right. um, offense, defense standpoint, both in traditional stats and analytics, like they're they're a terrific team and um, they can play with physicality. You know, they 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 do a lot of really good things that you want to see out of a playoff team. But but I would agree that like shoring up the goaltending now makes you maybe a little bit more. Um, enthusiastic about their chances against a team like Colorado, for example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or their well, first I, round matchup with uh, St. Louis because that's no, it sucks though. Like I think both those teams are real good, and, I, and I've, I've, yeah. I've I've been very high on the Blues as being um, one of those teams in the playoffs that could that could like surprise the the Avalanche. And by surprise, I mean the Avalanche are the odds-on favorite, and whoever right. beats them, it'll be a surprise right. by the odds. Um, but I, I, it sucks that one of them has to leave. I think both of them could really go on a nice run. Um, it gives us a great first round series, but it sucks yes. that like one of those teams um, can't just like beat up on Dallas instead of having right, to beat right, Chelsea yeah, yeah, or, or like LA. If, if, yeah. <laughs> or one right, of those yeah. teams, you know. Yeah, I I have typically actually like kind of like on the the playoff format. I have always kind of defended it because I liked it in theory of like the idea of like, Oh, well you're just going to like really foster hatred with, you know, 
to, you know, the, these like saying like top, like three or four teams that, you know, you're going to run into every single year. And like, you know, the argument for it is always like, well, you're going to have to play them eventually. It's like, well, may- maybe not, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. But no, I mean, and, and the fostering hatred thing, I think it's like, I think it, the, the current playoff format does a good job of reinforcing hatred or yeah. like preying on hatred. I mean, you know, the idea that at, um, you know, there at some point we could have gotten like P- Pittsburgh and Washington in the first round, for example, like that's great. I mean, that's a good rivalry, but like it doesn't really make anything new. It just kind of like underscores what we already have. Yeah. Um, right. So, you know, I, I maybe, I mean, like what's the level of hatred towards the Blues for you guys? I mean, I know that we've got it's pretty some, up there, like, winter classic heat or whatever, but I mean, a great playoff series against them where it goes like seven and they just beat the hell out of each other. It could be pretty advantageous for that matchup going forward. I think. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're all still salty from uh, the 2017 yeah. season when oh, the, the wild yeah. was unreal. And then Jake Allen completely snuffed all life out of us. Yep. Yeah. So we're, yeah. And I think they, they hated us from, I think it was two years prior when they were a number one seed, I believe. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it's kind of goes both ways. We both have a playoff series and now it's, the rubber match here. The this rubber year. match. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a little personal for me too, because I grew up in Minnesota and so did my brother. And then he moved to St. Louis and became a blues fan. So. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Did, so did, how old's your brother? He's a, I, he's 27. All right. So he, but he kind of grew up with the wild. Yeah. 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 So we what's grew that up, about? That was we it, grew was up going just, to wild was... games, like guys from our high school that we graduated, like, like, <laughs> like that were seniors that we played like lacrosse with in the summer would then like go like Nick Letty, when he came back, like we went to high school with him and then he came back and he bought us all tickets to go to wild games. And like, and that was when he was playing for the Blackhawks and we all showed up in wild stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, we're all good there. And then he, he starts dating a girl and all of a sudden he's a blues <laughs> fan. I'm like, what the hell, man? <laughs> I was going to ask you about that, whether it was some sort of romantic entanglement that, that led to that. Um, yeah. Well, he, that's he, under, he, I mean, he, he both, claims, that's both not, not, not understandable, but completely understandable. Yeah. He, right? he, he claims right. his, his defense, <laughs> his defense is that he, uh, he kind of fell out of hockey because he was traveling for work for a long time and he was mostly in the South and like in places where he couldn't watch it. So he was like, I, it was, it was, uh, it, it just, I got like, detached from it for like six years and then i came back and all of a sudden i'm in st louis and the girl i'm dating is a blues fan and uh all that so yeah i made the winter classic uh unbearable but <laughs> so we have to blame your brother's traitorous tr- nature on the lack of streaming technology uh when he was traveling in the south and also yeah. this girl absolutely um, yeah. this is back yeah, in the I nhl center like, ice but the thing i don't get is like so i married a bears fan right i'm a jets fan and mm-hmm. like I'm never going to become a Bears fan, but absolutely or the Bears on her behalf. Like at least in that case, it's like an AFC NFC thing, right? Yeah, right. I guess he could. He couldn't also be a Wild fan while being a Blues fan because of the divisional rivalry, right? Probably, right. And, like, well, and to his defense, growing up, I don't think Blues weren't uh, in our division growing. Up. I believe they're with the Red Wings and whatever back when you guys were going to games and stuff. That, that division for the form- most part, yeah. The the rivalry didn't really start until right around right. the time that yeah. uh, that he was, you know, not watching a ton of hockey. And that was, you know, that's the actually plugged to ESPN Plus. Um, that's been a godsend this year because as yeah, an out of market right, right. guy, it was always like, you know, October rolls around and I'm, you know, getting ready to charge my credit card two hundred bucks, and I have to explain this to my wife. Like, it's very important that we do this uh, 
you know, center ice, NHL TV, game center, what, you know, whatever the various different iterations were. And then now it's just included in a thing that we get paid for for free anyway. So like, yeah, like it's, that, it's, that's been awesome. It's, I mean, it's great to have something that I know I have to promote, I think it's part <laughs> of the gig, but like that I can use anyway. Like right. I'm, if, if you told, if I was working for ESPN and you told me for a, a certain price every month, you could watch all the hockey games and baby Yoda. I'd be like, Yes. Yeah. Yes, right. I'll do that. That's a great thing I'd buy. But so like it's sort of uh freeing to be able to be like, go get ESPN plus. You could read me, you could watch all the hockey games, get the bundles, you could watch Baby Yoda, versus when I was at Puck Daddy, where it's like, you know what, you should really use Yahoo to search shit instead of Google. And yeah, no, it's one's a tough right. sell. no one's at the it is a way tougher sell. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean I use ESPN plus every I've watched more hockey this year of other teams. And I ever have ever because it's yeah. just so easy. You just flip on the Xbox, go to ESPN Plus, and there's all the hockey games I need. So it's, yeah. it, 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 I mean, you want to talk about growing the game? That is for sure one way to go about it. I just wish other sports would follow suit because I would love to watch, you know, more basketball games, more MLB games, but it's just so hard to stream them. So, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, that thing. and the good news for us right now is that obviously, like, I mean, it's cool that we're, on in two places like Turner and, and ASPN and hockey's at a point where you can kind of find all the games in like one mm-hmm. of those two places. Like if it's not on plus, it's probably going to be on TNT. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I'm just happy that like, we're not in baseball's place where like baseball's baseball's broadcast plan right now is like, if you dumped a bunch of puzzle pieces on the floor, yeah. <laughs> like, one fell under the couch and you have to go find it over here. Like it's a whole thing. So I'm, I'm happy that it's pretty easy for hockey fans to find all the stuff too. Right, yeah, especially with baseball in the age of all these exciting young new players coming up. Because, you know, I mean, I just talked about Byron previously. And you got Tatis and all these other youngsters that are coming up that are just so talented and so fun to watch. And it's like, oh, well, I can't. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's and that's nice. the awesome thing about, like, where hockey is right now. Like, you know, it's not always going to be like this season. It's not always going to be the right. highest scoring average we've had since the mid-1990s. But, like... It's definitely going to be a thing where if you're flipping around at night, it may not necessarily be a thing like it's been for the last 25 years where I'm watching a team because this is the team and this is where they are. It's like we watched the Red Wings because they were the Red Wings. Now it's like, right. oh, Austin Matthews is on tonight. Like Connor McDavid's on tonight. Like it's yeah. it, Gail McCarr is on tonight. Like Kroko oh, yeah. is on tonight. Like I, I, I'm, I'm stunned as a hockey fan. We're at a point where not only do we have all these incredible star players, but they're actually doing things now. Like for mm-hmm. a long time, we had star players. They just didn't do anything because they couldn't like it. When, when the, when the NHL would market Peter Forsberg in like the 1990s, it's like, awesome. Here's a highlight from when he was with team Sweden. Cause he hasn't yeah. scored in a week because all they do is hook him and clutch him and grab him. And we're all celebrating a 70 point season as being something great. But now right, they actually right. like do crazy offensive Trevor Zegras lacrosse style goal things. Like Yeah. I mean, I mean, hell we were, we were talking about it uh, earlier too. We're like, it's crazy to think that like Kirill Kaprizov is the wild's first 100 point scorer ever. Yeah. Ever. And, and yet at the same time, like you look back at the last, you know, 20 now two years of, of hockey. And like, this is by far some of the most fun that it's been to watch just like random games. Like I live, I live in North Carolina. So like I watch a lot of Canes games, uh, I get a bunch of Caps games on TV too, so I've got, you know I've always kind of watched them. Uh, one of my good friends is a diehard Panthers fan, so like I kind of follow along with them. <laughs> and like I've always followed hockey, but I don't remember the last time that I've been 
you know, both like this, like tuned into what's happening on like, not the wild, but also like wanted to be tuned in. on. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome. Uh, By the way, real quick, the, um, uh, when Kaprizov scored his hundredth point, I I dropped a note in my column. Uh, there's like a a certain number of teams in the league that have never had a hundred point score. And I was surprised the Devils are one of them. The Devils have never had a hundred point score in their history. That is surprising. I did not know that. Yeah. Like Eliash, I think came close one year, but like, Never Kovalchuk, never like Prize. Oh, right. Yeah. I was say. Um, you know, it's not a shock in the nineties, but like they've right. been players since then. And I thought that oh, yeah. maybe like a like a Scott Gomez or something broke a hundred, but never happened. Yeah. Interesting. I how many teams I, are on that list? Is there... I think it's down to like only like five. I I, I want to oh, say yeah. the Predators were one of them. If I remember right, it's it's LA, obviously Seattle. Uh <laughs> I think Vegas also hasn't had yeah. one. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, I think Nashville is the other one. Oh, and is it the, the, no, I can't be the Thrasher Jets. The, it's not Columbus because Nash did it and, and Carolina had Stahl one year go over. Yeah. Carolina, um, I think had two times with Stahl go yeah. over. We talking Minnesota wild legend, Eric Stahl? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Buffalo Sabres legend to you, mister. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, oh God. I, I don't we, know if you ever. We poked fun at that when he that went poor there. man. Oh my Did you god! Ever see that video when he announced he got traded, and he like he looks like he's being taken like a hostage video. Yeah, no, it does. Like, uh, cool. very excited I, uh, to go to Buffalo and play for you guys, the exciting city of Buffalo. Thank God! Yay! That's such Can't a wait to come play there. <laughs> yeah, Here is like, a picture of today's yeah. newspaper to show that I am in fact alive. <laughs> um, I. Uh, I, that that actually that one season with Eric Stahl though, where he potted forty two and tied the record. Like I still have a koozie that uh, that I uh, oh, a yeah. couple of friends of mine and I made. It's the old Minnesota North Stars logo, uh, but instead of the star over the N, it's Eric Stahl's face, and it's Minnesota <laughs> North Stalls. Oh, that's fun! It's a summer necessity that I bust out all the time, um, and it's a real good time. Speaking of good times. I have a game show that I have prepared for the two of you, and uh, you two are going to go head to head in this week's edition of Wild Factor Fiction, but this time it's Wild and Devils Factor Fiction. All right. If you've listened to the show before, you've heard the game. This time it's a little bit different because everything is going to compare the Wild with the New Jersey Devils so that we can give Greg a fighting chance because I thought it would uh, normally it's two people that uh, in theory should know Wild history and it'd be a little unfair if I asked you, you know, who was the leading scorer in the 2004 Wild. So... <laughs> All of these stats are true, at least according to Hockey Reference and HockeyDB. So if you have any problems with it, take it up with them. Gentlemen, it is uh, best of five. And Greg, since you are our guest and technically the underdog, because you know this does include a lot of wild stuff, uh, you get to go first. So right. we'll call you a plus 110. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd go closer to even. I've been, uh, I've been on a cold streak with these game shows lately. Mm. All right. I did, um, we did an hour long game show edition of Puck Soup this morning, so I'm a little fried. So, oh I, boy, I oh like goodness, this is uh, this is a maybe a okay, the odds keep shifting here. Yeah, <laughs> you can now live bet Greg at plus 125. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Greg, are you ready for Wild and Devils Factor Fiction? Yeah, let's go. Item number one the Minnesota Wild have had 289 players play at least one game with the organization. 30 of those players also played for the New Jersey Devils. Is that fact or fiction? 30? 30. 30 seems high. I'm going to say fiction. Okay. Zooch? Uh, I'm going to go fiction as well. That seems way too high. 30? I mean, I, the it, only one it, 
was Parisi off the top of my head. <laughs> he, he, even, he even gave you one. He said Rolston earlier. Rolston. Oh, shit. I forgot. Okay, well. Three. Um, it's, uh, it is fiction, but not by much. It's 27. There you go. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Closer Brad than I would have thought. Yep. Uh, Brad Bombardier. Fiction popped in my head immediately. Ryan like, Carter, our good pretty. pal. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. That, that's one I really should have known. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also wild overtime legend, Dmitry Kulikov. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, so Yeah. That is uh, fiction. You guys both get a point. Congratulations. <laughs> Item number two. Zach Parise is top five all time in goals scored for both franchises. Greg, wow. fact or fiction? For the Devils, top five all time. Yeah, definitely the Devils. And then you you guys, it's like Gabrick and then like nobody. <laughs> so I'll, I'll say that's that's a fact. All yeah, right, it, it it's got to be a fact. It's, it is it is a fact. He's got nobody since Gabrick. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's number three for the Wild. Yeah, uh, and number five for the Devils. He barely right. uh, barely squeaked in on uh, on the Devils. Yeah, um, he's very good for the Devils. I remember a couple weeks ago going back and looking at his entire like career as a whole. He was so good for the Devils, honestly. Yeah, yeah. The letdown when he came. On. I mean, it's not a letdown. It's because- not a letdown. Okay, hey, you know I love Zach Parise. Stop. Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying in terms of like the hopes of you, what you didn't get him at the height of his powers. powers. Right, exactly. Got him like exactly. immediately after. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. I don't number three. You guys are both tied two two. Uh since the Wilds first season, the Devils have had more trips to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Fact or fiction? So since two thousand. So two, since 2000? The Wilds' first season. So just in the time that the Wild have been a franchise. I'm going to say that's, that, uh, I'm gonna I, say that's I, fiction. Before, okay. Um, if it changes anything, uh, Greg, I'll let you change your answer. This does include this season. Just so we're clear. It does or doesn't? Qu- it does. It's still fiction. I said, okay. Because you said the Devils had more, right? The Devils have had more, yes. Yeah, it's fiction. I don't think okay. that's true. It's got to be. We've made the playoffs like what, twelve times in our franchise out of twenty-two years. The Devils are in no way they've been in the playoffs twelve times since two thousand. Devils are at (laughs) eleven, and yes, the Wild are at twelve. So that is fiction. Congratulations. Uh, They've been in the playoffs eleven. They must have been very good. They they made it like seven straight to start to start the two thousands. It was like seven or eight straight, and then a couple times since. Yeah. They, yeah, they I was going to say that. the rules of hockey, and all of yeah. a sudden, uh, the Devils don't make the playoffs anymore. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, the, hey, to to their defense, I mean that uh, the Eastern Conference as a whole for the past whatever many years has been very strong. I mean, yeah, it's that, been it's been very been uh, very it strong. That's my point. It wasn't it wasn't to their defense. They couldn't play the defense anymore. They changed the rules. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did also see too just uh, with the now that the Capitals uh, hit 100 points is the first time ever that all eight teams are at 100 points or more in the playoffs. That's crazy. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, the, the East was a joke. I, I had a I had a coach tell me, I'm like, when when was the East settled in your eyes? He's like Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, oh, I man. mean, he's not lying. <laughs> he's. Oh, that's so funny. Speaking of things that made me laugh, I had a really good laugh because so like if you've ever looked up anything on hockey reference, um, when you look up team history, 
the format is all basically the same. So I was trying to switch from Devil's History to Wild History without having to like go and like find the page. And yeah. so I just typed in the URL by switching out uh, NJD for MIN. Yeah. Uh, so the, it came back as Error 404, Wild History Not Found, which I found very amusing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just a glitch, thankfully. But um, yeah, I was, I was thoroughly amused by that uh, for a good second there. I thought Hockey Reference was just being an all-time hater. Well, yeah, I mean, they don't want you to see we've made the playoffs 12 or 13 times in our history and made it clearly, at clearly. once, <laughs> one time. Item number four, you guys are still tied. Counting interim coaches, the New Jersey Devils have had twice as many different head coaches than the Wild since the Wild entered the league. Oh, that is a fact. Twice as many. That's a fact. Okay. Mm. See, this one's making me think a little hard. I think it's fiction. I think it's fiction because the Wild have gone through quite a few coaches from like Yoda where, where we're at now, honestly. I think it's like four, isn't it? Four or five? Uh, yeah, so uh, the Wild. The Jocks and then Richard. Yeah, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say to disagree. I'm going to go the opposite on this one. Just All right. Close. This one goes to Greg because it is fact. The Wild have had six coaches in their entire franchise. If you count interim coaches, the Devils have had 12. What? And it honestly, it should be higher because there's a couple of repeats thrown in there too. Lou was the interim coach in back-to-back years, which is <laughs> hilarious to me. Uh, Larry Robinson came back for a season, like two years after he got fired. Jacques Lemaire came back and then he was also an interim at one point too. Oh. See, I, so, I thought you were including those. That's why I was so confident about it. I included, like, so I included just like the one time, but if you count yeah. the repeats, it's like 15. Lou's, yeah, yeah Lou, Lou was famous in, the, in like, like the 90s and, and um, like a little bit after that for just firing coaches willy-nilly. Like there was a yeah. lot of guys that had one season behind the bench in Jersey. And then right. like, like Claude Julian was only there for one year. I think Herb Brooks yeah. was only there for one year. Herb Brooks, <laughs> he wasn't there in the in, in this time frame, but yeah, he was there in the 90s for a year. And like yeah. they won the cup the next year or something like that. It was ridiculous. They, they I just feel like the Wild had more coaches. They put in Jock and, uh, and Larry Robinson. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, though, uh, if you only count the teams, if they only count the coaches that teams have fired, it's uh, four to nine. So the Devils still have you know twice as much, but it is somehow it seems less. Uh, so if you're a coach that wants job security, you come. To- <laughs> New Jersey is not the spot. <laughs> you come to Minnesota and stay far away from New Jersey. How uh, how's Lindy Ruff looking these days? Is he gonna <laughs> he gonna make it? I I you know I'm doing a uh, I'm on the point tomorrow. Uh, to do some new stuff. And like, I, I was poking around on Lindy today and I feel like, so I would put it like 50, 50, like he's, he clearly wasn't very good. They weren't good this year, but I do think that they like the way the young players are developing under him. And I also think that there's a chance they might just say, Hey, let's see what this guy can do. And it's the last year of his contract with actual goaltending. Yeah. Uh, right. so I, I feel like I, that's I, their Achilles like heel. Chance it goes back. That's they fair, get some goaltending. That's their Achilles heel. I mean, they got a lot of young talent over there. And I mean, they're good. Yeah. They, they're, they well, should I don't know how good Dougie's been yeah. this year, but I mean, you got Dougie Hamilton on the point and a few other guys back there. Yeah. They I didn't like uh, them losing Will Butcher. I like, they need a big body to like play with Hughes. And then if they can get that in goaltending, yeah. then they'll be, they'll be good next year. Some people have said it with Buffalo or like they're like, this is the year that they're going to finally do it. I feel like that's been me with the Devils for like the last like three years. Like, well, that okay. was me this year. I was so high on them. I know. I was super high on them. I've been like crazy about Nico Heischer for years and yeah. I've never really had like an easy way to justify it other than just like watch him play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then this year I feel super vindicated. Like he's had an awesome year. <laughs> um, at least in my eyes, I haven't watched every game, but we took him in fantasy too, Dev. That's a, 
yeah. in our dynasty league because I think he's gonna be good for a while. All right, you guys ready for item number five? Greg, if you get this one right, you win outright. Zuch, if you don't, I have a tie. If you get it oh. and tie tie it up, I do have a I do have a tiebreaker. Okay. All right, item number five. The Devils have retired five jerseys all time. The Wild have retired one. Uh, interestingly enough, every single jersey that the Devils have retired happened since the Wild have been around. So they did not retire anything prior to the year. I think it was like 2006 was the first one. So your uh, fact or fiction, neither team, both teams have won every game on the night that they retired their player's jersey. Fact or fiction? Going to go uh, fiction on that. All right. Oh, it's yeah, 100% fiction. I, I remember... Miko Koivu's jersey hanging night. That was yeah. I I realized after I wrote that it was kind of a softball for you, Zeus. But uh, <laughs> interestingly Ugly. enough, that's the only loss. The Devils are five and zero. What? Holy smokes! Yeah. Wow. They, uh, I didn't realize they, that. I was. I, I remember going to. Uh, I remember me and my dad went to what we thought was Ken Danico's jersey retirement night, mm-hmm. but it, they kind of like they kind of like dicked around with it. And it was actually like a, a commemorative bobblehead instead. But they're like Ken Danico <laughs> night. And everybody's like, Oh man, it's gonna be so cool. And it wound up being like a, just a bobblehead. And we're like, oh, that sucks. what the hell is this? And then like, they would retire his Jersey, like the next season. I'm like, Oh, you guys are really squeezing water. out of <laughs> Yeah. The, I, I, while I was writing this specific question, I just like did a lot of research on like the devil's like Jersey retirement nights. And like, they like to do them in bunches. Uh, yeah. Ken Danico and Scott Stevens were on the same night uh, or the same uh, season. Same season, Same season. They were like, they were like six weeks apart or something like that. Scott Niedermeyer was not too long after that. And then um, Ilyash and and, uh, Marty Berger were not the same season, but they were like a year apart. Yeah. Um, It's like like the twins ring of honor, honestly. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. Like they're just like, they really do a ton of them. It, it almost feels like they're like, oh, we fired a new head coach and we need somebody. We need to like find a way to get asses in seats. All right. Well, uh, Marty, let's go. Come on. <laughs> not, that, not that Marty Roder doesn't deserve his jersey retired, but Pretty accurate. it just feels like that's right, what the so movie is. You're, you're not off too too far on that one, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they uh, they have they've won every single game. Uh, yeah, way to softball the last one, Dev. Real nice. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, Greg, did you just go 5-0? and oh? uh, I did. I did, yeah. Yeah, nice did. job. Congratulations. And I just right? overthought that last one. Wow. Uh, <laughs> realized that uh, so that was very dumb. Usually four, four and one is uh, usually good enough to, uh, to win this game just for funsies. Uh, I'm curious if either of you know this one, uh, this is going to be not a fact or fiction, but rather a, who's that guy. So on the night that the devils unveiled the statue of Marty Brodeur uh, encased in bronze, just outside of the arena, the wild played the devils that night. Who scored the game-winning goal in that game? Wow. It was I in 2016. To, I'll give you I did a not hint. go to statue night, so I couldn't tell you. What year was it? <laughs> 2016. 2016? 2016? Yeah. Boy, who's on the Wild in, in 2016? Yeah, I'm having a... I, so there's a... Is there a Felino involved somewhere? Uh, I don't think Felino was with us yet, was it? No. Felino was the next season, I believe. He was... Brought in with Tyler Legendary Ennis. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thought that was the big piece of that trade. That's the only reason I remember that. Who uh, scored the game winner? Uh, it was Taylor I'm... Hall. Oh, wait, the Devils won that night? The Devils won in overtime. Oh, wow. Taylor Hall yeah. from Adam Henrique. There you go. Uh, fun fact, too. That was uh, Jules Erickson X first goal in the NHL. Hey. He took the the wild up one nothing, And then uh, I forget who scored the second goal for the Devils. Uh, it was... 
a name I didn't recognize, so I didn't commit it to memory. And then uh, obviously I wrote down that Taylor Hall scored the winner in overtime. Henrique, there's another guy. There's another yeah. devil legend over there. <laughs> so congratulations to you, Greg. Five and zero, and you know you can put that on your resume. You know I've been told that uh, it is it is good for one free thumbs up, according to uh, to me. So fantastic! Oh, thank you. Congratulations, um, and thank you very much for playing. Uh, before we let you go, we'll ask you the same question that uh, we ask every guest right before they take off. Greg Wyshynski, what is your wild take? Longtime Puck Soup listeners will know my wildest take is that it was the dog's head in the box at the end of seven, which, spoiler warning, like, who cares? It's like a movie's been out for 30 it's, years. Yeah. Have you seen seven, both of you? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have so, you seen seven? I don't think. I have. Sorry, I ruined it for you. So, <laughs> well, that's fine because I'm, I'm guessing when I look it up after, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, I've seen that. Movie. No, you're going to so, be like, no, he's wrong. So, the <laughs> basis of the movie is The Seven Deadly Sins. Um, Kevin Spacey, serial killer, is a religious fundamental, fundamentalist. He knows that Gwyneth Paltrow is pregnant. Therefore, if he kills her, um, it's, you know, do the math. Right. So, uh, my take is that uh, he gets the number right by being the last one that dies, and it's actually the dog's head in the box, and it's the stress of the situation on Brad Pitt's character that breaks him and to causes him to commit a murder seven. at the end of the movie. So oh, I've, I've, I've long, I've long contended that it's the dog's head in the box, and Morgan wow. doesn't tell Brad Pitt this because he wants to test test his metal test his will, test his, his fortitude in, in this moment and see if he can get wow. through it. And he can't. That's an insane take. <laughs> <laughs> now, that actually so, might be my favorite wild take because it's not about anything sports. I think every single person that's came on this show has had a sports take. If yeah, we had, we had someone one. that goes outside the box and go, because me and Dev have obviously done takes that are out, you know, not about sports as our wild take before. But our guest has taken as a as like a sports take. You went about you went to a movie and did a take about that. that like, I might have to watch. I'm going to watch this. I don't even care if you just describe the movie. It's just you're going to be very. Watch, like, I just like life is life is too short to to take a a cornucopia topic and then be like, oh, it's definitely what would have happened if uh, Reggie Jackson was a Met? Who cares? Right? Yeah. <laughs> seriously. Any of it. So much more in life. Oh man, I was hoping um, it was going to be kind of like your uh, your Toronto or your Florida Florida wants Toronto take in that one <laughs> playoff preview article you wrote. I love that so much. I, I talked about you. You wrote in it and you said, "Who does Toronto?" Or I mean, yeah, who does Florida? It was who does Florida want in the first yeah, round? They want Toronto. <laughs> You're like, I hope Toronto. They probably want Toronto to fall there. Like, they why wouldn't? Why would you want anybody that's actually like accomplished something in the playoffs? Right. No, I, I mean, agree 100. Possibilities are all teams that have done stuff outside of like Carolina, which they can't like mathematically play. Right. right. Um, so, like, of course, it's Toronto. My God. Yeah. No, that that, that, that made me <laughs> like you're gonna you're gonna win in a sweep. You get the rest yeah. of the guys. That <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh so hard. I was like, because I'm slandering Toronto all the time. The Maple Leafs. I'm like, all the talent in the world. You guys seriously can't beat Montreal last season. I don't care if they swept Winnipeg and went to the Cup final. You couldn't beat Montreal up three yeah. one. They playoff series they're gonna go all first round this year i firmly believe it but i i hope not i i i want them to do well but like it's not it's not gotta prove it first 
I think I think right. you know, looking at maybe playing the Lightning and the Lightning now are like putting 21 goals up in their last three games against their opponents. It's like yeah, wow. and they've been yeah, there before we, and succeeded yeah. in the playoffs. We'll it's just, it's, it's a nightmare matchup. Yeah, yeah. and we'll really and we'll is. obviously take great joy in in extending the Leafs' misery. If you're like yeah. Sam Close or anybody from Ontario, so <laughs> okay, I'm a Twins fan, so I've seen playoff misery. All right, so like we've got 18 losses in a row, so Montreal. It, it, I feel their pain. I like the argument of I'm a Twins fan. At least Toronto's won a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's seven game one, series that, in the MLB. This one conversation <laughs> where being a Mets fan is not like the worst thing in the world. I mean, at least we went to the World Series. Like, right. Maybe, yeah. In, yep. In recent times. <laughs> didn't work out, but. Yeah. At least you went there. At least you won a playoff game. The Twins have been there, like, I think, six, seven times since 2003, their last win. And yeah. have never singular game they've been swept every single time it's just misery real tough, tough scenes they make it uh well thank you greg for uh for joining us yep. um and thank you for uh forcing me to go rewatch seven because um now i have an excuse to it's a great movie Get and flicked. Yeah, that will be turned on here. immediately after this podcast <laughs> um so yeah thanks boys i appreciate it our big thanks to Greg Wyshynski. Oh man, that was super fun. Loved having him on. Now let's get to our wild weekend review. Uh, we already mentioned that we're doing a little bit of time traveling in this episode where instead of recording the night before the episode drops, we're recording a couple days before. So this is uh, in regards to the last episode and the Monday before the wild played the Coyotes. So that includes the following games. The Wild won 6-3 against the Vancouver Canucks, won 6-3 against the Seattle Kraken, and 5-4 against the Nashville Predators in overtime. Couple things happened in that uh, in that stretch. First, Fiala becomes the first player in Wild history to have a five-assist night. Fiala also breaks the uh, points record that Mary Gabbard had had set before this season. Obviously, he didn't break the actual record because Kirill is uh, still... Still got a 20-point lead on him, but Fiala uh, broke it. We talked about last week about how this team could see that record broken by uh, two or three different players. Well, we have two now. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov became the uh, Wild's first 100-point player ever. The Wild also haven't lost in regulation since April 5th. And finally, probably most importantly, the Wild finally beat the fucking Predators. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, th- that's, that's a big one. And I also want to add, Kirill Kaprizov now leads the team in assists as well. That's true, yeah. Zuccarello actually broke the record. I, I had posted a meme to the Wild page, Wild Takes page of uh, Cars 2 meme. I'm pretty sure it's from Cars 2, maybe Cars 1. One of the Cars movies. It, it's, it actually is a perfect representation because nobody, maybe not nobody, that, that's, that's a little excessive. You could have seen Kaprizov breaking this, but you would have expected it to be like Zuccarello. But now Fiala's out here. So I, I, I created a meme basically of Zuc- or Kaprizov being off to the side, spinning out of control, and all of a sudden doing the side smirk like, nah, I got this too. I'm going to break that record, goals record, points record. I'm going to break every record because I'm just that guy, pal. So, yeah. I mean, what a player Kaprizov is. He's up to 58 assists, 45 goals. I mean, shit. He hits a he he gets a little magic in the next couple of games and has a you know a couple two goal games. Maybe pots a hat trick. You're looking at the first fifty goal score in Wild history, which the only fifty goal score in Wild history. Um, yeah. What a special player! 
And Fiala as well. I mean, played every game this season. He's up to 84 points. He's at above a point-per-game pace now. He I literally mean, cannot finish below a point-per-game pace this season. Yeah, so what a player. What a team. And let, let's just get to the playoffs. I am very excited. And uh, expect to see, expect to see a, a, a little news coming out for a wild watch party for games either three or four. Yeah, no, it's going to be a great time. It a little bit, so... Just, just be looking out on the 10K channels. It is going to be super awesome. Also, keep an eye out for other just various mid-playoff round uh, events that are going to be happening either on our Twitter or our Instagram space. Nothing is set in stone, but we're, we're definitely talking behind the scenes about doing some some fun activities and, and, and things like that. So come be a part of it. Go check us out, Wild Takes 10K. Zooch already mentioned it, but we're only a couple sleeps away from the playoffs officially starting uh when we're recording this we're less than a week away by the time you're listening to this we're only a couple of days away from the nhl playoffs it's time i'm like everybody knows that the nhl playoffs are the best like playoff tournament regardless of you know how you feel like about you know different things or whatever but like as far as like the the four major men's professional sports go nhl Stanley cup playoffs are far and away the best. And by the time that you're listening to this, the wild will have two games left in about 36 hours. And then it's playoff season, baby. Yeah. I mean, Monday, Tuesday, I think they're set to play one of their first playoff games. I'm on record saying, I really hope it's Monday because I cannot wait any longer. I've been saying this for three months on this podcast. Can we just fast forward to this time? And we are almost there. Yeah, Even though crazy. I'm ready to get my heart broken again. But, but before only, I think it's not going to break my heart this year. I think the wild before yeah before we oh, get man. to that though the wild do have a couple of games. The by the time you listen to this, the wild have already played the Coyotes. The Coyotes have upset a couple of teams uh, recently. Um, yeah, but they're not going to upset but, the wild. I'll just say that. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. We have no idea what's going to happen in that game. It's Kirill's birthday though. Let's let's get the man a birthday hat trick. Let's get him you know closer to fifty goals. Maybe he's has a single game scoring record. Who knows? But the most important thing is that everybody stays um, healthy, which, you know, unfortunately in the Predators game, Jared Spurgeon didn't come back from. At this time, we don't know how serious the injury is. We just know that Dean said that he didn't, he kept him out because he couldn't go back in, not because he was keeping you know, being precautious. So which is not a good sign. Not a good sign, but hopefully it's nothing that's so serious that he is going to miss uh, time in the playoffs. I am absolutely fine if the Wild just keep all of the guys that haven't played in uh in a couple of weeks you know your dumbos greenways obviously if they're not healthy you wouldn't play them anyway but even if they are healthy i have no problem just making sure that they're 100 maybe play them in the avalanche game because the avalanche are definitely going to be sitting guys um but you know who's not going to sit anybody daryl sutter and the calgary flames that's just not how <laughs> he rolls they're going to roll four lines they're going to check like some bastards and they, 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 like they, they literally cannot improve their playoff scenario at all. And Daryl Markstrom will play every game. He will play every game up until the playoffs. Yeah, and it's so funny, dude. Oh my, That's ridiculous! They were winning nine to one against. Uh, they scored like six in a row in the second period, and they're still like Markstrom. Get your ass out there, buddy. You don't have a shot at a shutout because you already let in a goal, but it don't matter. You're staying in this game. We're going to wear your body down just a little bit more. I uh, can't wait to watch Nashville possibly upset them because all Daryl Sutter is doing is just tiring his playoffs, <laughs> tiring his players down the stretch before the playoffs. Sorry. But yeah, I, I, 
he's doing over there. I guess the <laughs> argument is he he's a firm believer in the rust side of things and the rust versus rust debate. That's a choice, man. By the time you're listening to this, it'll, this will come out on Thursday. The Wild play the Flames. It's going to probably be a bloodbath. Honestly, wouldn't surprise me if the Wild lose. And there is a world where the the Wild already have the two seed locked up. It's not guaranteed, but it is a there is a world for it. Uh, we need a little bit of help. We obviously need the Blues to lose. Um, their their two remaining games, and uh, which I believe their second game is going to finish up right before ours. Uh, ours does. We'll already be playing, but you know whatever. And yeah, we will need a little bit of help. But if we beat the Coyotes like we should, and the Blues lose to the Avalanche and um, whoever their other opponent is this week, then, or if we uh, just went out, I mean, you went yeah. out with the two seeds. So let's hope they close out these three games. Exactly. Yeah, you get five points in these three games. You're in the two two spot no matter what. So Which, let's just. I mean, if you get five points these next uh, three games, or I mean, well, six points. You went all whatever. The Wild will finish with a hundred and fifteen points this season. It's crazy. <laughs> and and they'll be talking before the season, and I think their over under was set at like. 98, I think. Like, yeah, I was like, I think it was, yeah, I was like, you're like, yeah, I don't know about that. And then we talked ourselves into it like we normally do on the part. We're like, well, well, they might beat up, <laughs> you know, this and this. And now they're on pace for probably right around 112 points, I'd probably say. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, I think, but it's a good place to be. That's for sure. Yeah. Just you're one of those two boys. I mean, they got some players locked up for the future here. They need to get Fiala locked in. Once that's set, let's play. <laughs> They're going to be fine next season again. So, Absolutely. Uh, I am going to officially, from this point on, I don't think that it's going to be really necessary to enforce, but I am officially decreeing no more offseason talk until the offseason actually begins, which hopefully will not be until you know late June or, I guess, mid-June. Well, I, I hope uh, – no, 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 no. I'm hoping mid-July. Maybe. I thought the cup final was in like the first week of June. No, nah, the June thirtieth is the Oh shit. Oh, my bad. My totally my bad. Then yeah. Um Well, I mean, think uh, you think about it, each playoff series is two weeks. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's just bad mental um, math on my part. So eight weeks. Uh, th- their goal is to have it done by June thirtieth. That's why I said the middle of July, because I don't know the exact schedule yet. I'm really hoping the the NHL doesn't screw us over and put us in the time slot uh, in in our home city at 9 p.m. like they did to the Timberwolves because that was miserable staying up till 12 to watch that game. How do you think I, I feel, man? East fun. Coast man, really I was fun. up. It was yeah. like 1:30 in the morning. And the game is still happening. I was like, God bless America. Because then you're just your your adrenaline's up. You're like, oh God, what a game, what a whatever. And you're like, I'm you can't just fall asleep after that. You got to like decompress a little bit. I took a shower. For God's sake, I was like, ooh. A little fired up after that game. That was a very fun basketball game. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I had just seen Billy Joel. So I got home uh, from <laughs> Billy Joel concert, uh, which is a hilarious like combination of things. I get home from <laughs> Billy Joel. I go, I climb into bed with my wife. I turn on the Timberwolves game. The fourth quarter is just about to start. The Wolves are up by like six or something like that. And I'm sitting yep. there at the like, my wife passed out immediately. She was exhausted. It took us forever to get home from the concert because of traffic. And so she's pooped. She's asleep immediately. And I'm sitting there like, if I get up, 
my in-laws that are staying with me and their two dogs and my dog are all going to hear me get up. So I'm just going to sit here. I put my AirPods in. I listen to the uh, radio call and I watch the game on ESPN that's muted. And it, the game ends at like 1.30 ish my time. Wolves obviously win by one. And I'm sitting there like, all right, well, uh, I'm awake for the next two hours. <laughs> right. No, same here, man. And I had to work the next morning. Just was not a good mixture. That's yeah, a tough combo. Um, so, yeah, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Wild Takes Podcast. But before we go, we're going to end the show the way that we end every show by giving our Wild Takes. Zooch, since you uh, did not get to win this week's game of uh, Wild Factor Fiction, which, like, by the way, that's you, you've been, you, you said you're on a cold streak, but uh, you haven't lost a game uh, in quite a while. It's been, uh, it's been. Well, Jesse Pierce took me to the. The cleaners. I'm pretty yeah. Sure. She, she got you pretty good, but other than yeah, that, she did. But other than that, you're, I think your overall record in these like game shows is like seven and two. Well, so. I, I had to humble myself a little bit. <laughs> I can't my own tires. Come on. Yeah. No. So anyway, um, Zooch, what's your wild take? It's going to piss people off. I already know, but my wild take since, you know, Greg, he went on the side of movies and, you know, we, we, like I said, me and you have been the people that kind of, I don't think we've done movies so much, but we've done life things and stuff like that in our wild takes. So and a couple of TV shows Yeah, and a couple TV shows. Mine is going to be about a TV show because like I said, Marvel and DC have ruined my movie watching fandom. So my, my wild take this, this, uh, this episode is parks and rec greater than the office. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm a huge fan of Parks and Rec. They're obviously both amazing. Every time I watch The Office, I'm like, wow, this is such good television. I just like Parks and Rec because the storylines that follow through everything, I feel like it's not really as random throughout the entire show. And I really just enjoy all the characters on it. There's a few characters on The Office where I could do without. one of Another very cold take, I'm going to guess. Oh, boy. Uh, could do without Pam on the office. I, he, what the fuck? I, I I don't like Pam. And my girlfriend says the same thing. She's like, how do you not like Pam? I'm like, I, I just don't like Pam. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Pam. Um are you saying Pam or Pan? Pan or Pam? <laughs> wow. That's another elite movie reference there. What an unbelievable take. Yeah, it, it is. And you know what? That's the beauty of Hey, you know the like basically the female female lead of arguably the best sitcom since Friends. Yeah, uh, nah, (laughs) could do without. Could do without. I I like uh, Angela more than like. uh, Wow, I think she her character is hilarious to me. You're mess. You're lying to me. No, there's no way this is. There's no way you actually believe this. No, I do. I really do. I think it's because I like uh, bitches. Well, isn't her name Angela Kingsley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I I like her personally. My girlfriend's a huge fan of her, so I mean, she always is showing me tweets and stuff. I just personally like yeah actress. Yeah, no, she's delightful. I I think the character's a good character too. Just what the character she plays in it. So I don't know, Pam. I could do. I'm not gonna say I could do without. Obviously, she's a you know kind of kind of matters. Yeah, she kind of matters to the show. It's a big <laughs> storyline and whatever. Wow. <laughs> but I just, I don't know, man. She just doesn't do it for me. She, you know. I'm 
huge fan. I think she's kind of a little snaky character, in my opinion. I'm blown away. Yeah, hey, I, I'm all for having hot takes. We don't talk about stuff like this a lot, so I want to. Yeah, th- no. Well, Parks and Rec um, is definitely my favorite. Office is a very close second. I'm not saying The Office sucks. Let's just put that out there. I'm just saying I would, if I'm going to sit down and you know how, you know, watching a show while you're eating now is just so. Right. If I was to do that, I'd, I'm probably turning on Parks and Rec just because I enjoy it so much. But that's okay. the We can disagree. And yeah. See, the thing is, is like, I don't, I don't even fully disagree with your basic take. It's the fact that you said Pam is whatever is blowing my mind. I, That's another so, wild take. I had to throw two think, and one there. Yeah, no, I think, um, I, so, so my, my general opinion, I think is probably kind of falls in line with a lot of people's general views is like Parks and Rec had a higher floor, but the office had a better, like a higher ceiling. Like the best episodes of the office are way better than the best episodes of Parks and Rec, but the worst episodes of the that. office are way worse than the and i think the last two right. seasons really hurt the office in my opinion when it comes to judging the show as a whole don't get me wrong there were some very good episodes at the end of the office obviously it's not like it's unwatchable but it's definitely not up there with everything parks and rec did i think if you if you take steve carell out of the office i don't know if it's as funny in my opinion no, I think that, I mean, I think that kind of I mean, obviously with the well, general yeah. consensus there, Right. I will say though, I'm a huge James Spader fan. And so James Spader coming in as Robert California, where he was like involved, he was involved like a lot more than I thought, I think anybody thought he was going to be like, everybody was like, oh, he'll be around for like five episodes. And it was like a season and a half, but he also delivered one of my favorite all time line readings where he is talking to Andy and he says something like, I will not be blackmailed by some ineffectual, privileged, effete, soft penis debutante. Like, even before Matt Zuccarello joined the team, this is one of the funniest, like, this is one of my favorite line readings in the entire show, is he goes, Yes, you don't even know my real name. I'm the lizard king. <laughs> and so, you know, oh, naturally, good. when Matt Zuccarello joined the wild and uh, was immediately nicknamed by... Uh, Zooch's favorite general manager of all time uh, yep. as the lizard. Naturally, that's where my mind went immediately. Well, I mean, <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna let the GM thing slide. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm now the official ambassador of Paul Fenton. The Paul Fenton Apologist Club. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll I'll say it. I mean, shit. Yeah, no. Look, we we had a job. He just wasn't very good for the kind of an asshole. Just the collaboration. I'm gonna use. <laughs> we're gonna talk Quasi. You're gonna sound like Quasi. The collaboration of a group. <laughs> um, I think Billy G really brings that energy, but I think Paul Fenton definitely made the right moves to make this team a contender as well. So you can't just skip over him. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, all what right, about you, well, Dev? I want to hear your wild take because we're going. Uh, we're not going sports based tonight. No, it's, yeah. Um, a TV show and movies. I, not too long ago, I I watched. I went to the movie theaters and I had the choice of seeing Sonic the Hedgehog two or a uh, independent film called Everything Everywhere All at Once. And even though I was actually really looking forward to Sonic two, no, no shame. The first movie was not a good movie, but it was a good movie. If that makes sense, like it wasn't. A it was good, fun. It, it was a good fun movie. But it was exactly what it needed to be. And from exactly. everything that I've heard, the second one is actually better, but I still haven't seen it yet. So if you spoil it for me, you know. I, no, I haven't okay. seen it at all. I'm saying the first one is very fun. Yeah, it was fun enough. Like it, it was exactly it was what fun. it needed to be. It was, you know, yeah. it wasn't good, but it was fun. So like, who cares? Yeah. Um, 
but a couple of my friends that uh you know that i grew up with like my buddy wiggy um told me that i needed to see everything everywhere all at once and i was gonna maybe do like a double feature um but ultimately i just i was at the movies by myself i didn't want to be alone for like eight hours basically (laughs) uh so i went to go see everything everywhere all at once and if you haven't seen this movie fix that right now it is one of the best movies that i've seen ever it's it's the best movie that i've seen definitely since parasite in terms of like true like great movie like there have been other movies that i have liked more but like from like a best movie whatever standpoint like it's the best movie i've seen in at least three years probably longer like i haven't been like this like after the fact like sitting down and thinking about this movie as much since like get out you know and that was six years ago or get out was good too um yeah so and so like anyway all that to say it's unbelievable like everything all of the performances are fantastic all of the like stunts are really really cool they do a really good job of uh like blending cgi and like just like actual like practical stunts it's ridiculous it's like i can't describe how good the movie is without ruining what makes it so special so it's just just okay. no just no deep down i will not steer you wrong and my my wild take is that everything everywhere all at once is going to win best picture at the oscars next year i think that it has just enough of that like oscar like prestige to get some notoriety and I think what we saw at the Oscars this year with Coda is that if you campaign properly and smartly enough, you can make anything work as long as it has like a, a message behind it or like, you know, it's it's well-made and also, and this is a movie that is well-made and also. You know, I, 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 I'm going to pump your tires. When it comes to movies, I will always take your advice on that because you are a movie buff, I would say. I mean, I looked at your Oscars pool thing this year. You were you some insane twenty and three on correct choices. Yeah, I was mad. I I was twenty and three. And your buddy was twenty two and one. What yeah. in the fuck, my guy? <laughs> I still got third place in my own pool. Hey, dude, twenty and three is nothing to balk at. I would do something like that, and I would probably go like three and twenty. So <laughs> when you started when you started describing the movie, I thought you were talking about that new Nick Cage. And uh, that and also looks great. I just haven't. That seen also that. looks very good. I thought you were talking about that, but now when you describe that movie, yeah, I, I think I need to, to go get tickets for that. You That's, absolutely do. I'm, yeah, no, it sounds I, like a great movie. It's so ridiculous. It's so crazy, and it is a fantastic movie that I think everybody should go see. So that's uh, that's my wild take because it's going to win the Oscar. Because uh, I, I originally had it as like, oh, it's the best movie of the year. Well, that's probably not that wild of a take because it's it's a fantastic movie and it's going to be very, very difficult to do that. But that doesn't always mean that they're going to win. I mean, like Power of the Dog right. was the second favorite, was like the heavy like betting favorite for winning the Oscar last year. And that movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking movies just because it's so like you can believe one movie sucks and then you talk to someone else and like oh I really enjoyed that movie unless it's Morbius which I <laughs> and then in that case everyone thinks it sucks which really much it that very uh, God, I can't I haven't seen it just just makes me so sad that that movie was terrible because I haven't seen it either I'm just listening to other people so I guess I can't really say it's terrible yet that's pretty close-minded of me but uh, everything else people have said about it and you see some of the stuff come out you're like dude really yeah i remember we watched it you delayed it for two i wasn't okay what am i way off here 
I went to Vegas for my girlfriend's 21st birthday. That was a couple of years ago. I'm pretty I dropped. It was in January of 20, either 2020, right before COVID started. Um, I'm pretty sure the trailer for that movie came out right around that time. Cause I was like, no, the first trailer was even before that. It was like three months after Endgame. Oh my good God. The movie yeah. was supposed to drop around then. I, I literally watched the trailer. I'm like, Oh my God, this looks so good. And then you watch the next trailer. You're like, uh, what? And then they delay it. And then they release another trailer. You're like, what this doesn't yeah. look good at all and it comes out and it's like the lowest marvel movie of all time behind fantastic four which was a terrible film yeah it's 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 tough real tough scenes <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that is going to do it for the movie edition of wild takes yeah, thank you, you very much for uh for listening as always it is uh it's great to have you around so go give us a follow on social media. Check us out at Wild Takes 10K. This is the Wild Takes podcast presented by 10,000 Takes. Make sure to follow along with the rest of the 10K stuff as well. Uh, like Zuch said at the top of the show, be on the lookout for Wild Watch parties uh, coming into the playoffs. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you hate the show, tell your enemies. Remember, that's a win-win for you. And remember, it's not just about working hard and having fun. It's about fucking winning. Let's go wild. Stay safe out there, folks. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go. Go.